This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. It's great to have you here today on the Clark Howard Show. You know, our mission is to serve you with knowledge so you're empowered to make better financial decisions in your life. I want to talk about something that is present all year long, but is so much more an issue during the Christmas shopping season, which this year is way well underway. Been for like the last two weeks. The next five weeks are going to be the core weeks that you should be doing your Christmas shopping. And there's something you got to know to protect your wallet about how the game's played. Later, there's been such an increase in home prices and mortgage rates. There are a couple of trends that people are using. One that's clearly your friend. The other may or may not be to try to deal with the high cost of housing and make it more affordable for you if you're trying to buy a home. I'm going to tell you what's going on and how to make it work to your advantage. Here's something that's taking advantage of you. And it's been the the subject of so many fines against companies over the years. I can't even tell you. So when we get to the cycle we're in now, the Christmas shopping season cycle, a lot of the merchandise that is sold at, at pretty much any kind of store is what's called promotional merchandise. It's goods that are not normally sold the rest of the year. It's goods that buyers specifically arrange up to a year in advance to have as part of their Christmas selling cycle. And these goods, these items are priced at fake retail prices and the sale price that appears to be 50, 60, 70% off, it's all made up garbage. It's all fake where they'll say in their sale flyer online, they're not physical flyers anymore, but sale ads online or the emails you get or you're in the store and it'll say something is this percent off or that percent off and it's all a mind game. And a lot of the discounters, you can tell the seasonal merchandise that's brought in the promotional goods just for the Christmas selling season because they may even come off the truck in a uh, cardboard kind of display thing. And the merchandise is put out on the floor, usually with some kind of little forklifty thing. It's put in place where it's supposed to be. And then they remove the shipping front And it's voila, it's ready to go, factory pre-ticketed and all that. And says it's marked down, blah, 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 percent. And a lot of us, maybe we know that's going on, but we want to feel like we're getting a deal. And it says we're getting 50% off. So yeah, yeah, we'll throw those in our cart. I'm not familiar with stores that don't have shopping carts. But anyway, there are other stores in the world as well. And they'll do this same kind of thing also with the specific promotional items for Christmas. So know that over these weeks, do not get sucked in 
by the supposed discounts that the items you're seeing represent. And you have such a powerful tool in your possession. You have a smartphone and it can help you actually see if something is truly a deal or not. If you're in a physical store, if you're shopping online, we've got these tools like Honey that will help you see historical pricing trends. And if you, this time of year, try to use Honey with an online seller and they have no price history on an item, that means it is only a promotional item that has no historical retail price. And all that matters is what they're selling it for versus what you might buy a similar item online or in a physical store otherwise. Please don't play the retailer's game of trying to convince you you're getting a sale when something could be a non-sale sale. Krista? Cameron in Utah says, I would like to plan a Disneyland trip for my family next year. Based on when we'll already be in Southern California, we are limited to early June. I'm leaning towards Costco travel to book to get a package deal. For example, other options that I've explored may come with cheaper hotels, but then I would have to pay more for transportation, parking, etc. Is there a better way to book such a trip? And is there a time that's better than others to get the best deal? People who use the packages at Costco travel, almost without exception, I mean, there's always going to be somebody that doesn't go well or somebody that makes somebody unhappy. People seem to love the Costco travel packages. I'm not a package travel guy, so I never buy those. And the cost of a Disney trip is so expensive. And I think about the whiplash of me talking earlier this year about the prices going to record highs for admission tickets to Disney World and Disneyland and the various parks. And then just a few weeks ago saying, oh, Disney realized they raised prices too much. Now they're lowering prices. And then just weeks later, after they lowered them, they raised prices again. So it's a moving target. I think you're too early for June unless the Costco travel package is refundable for a lengthy period to come. The reason is we don't know what the relative health of the economy is going to be when you look nine months out. So I think it would make sense, is that eight months, nine months? I think it would make sense to wait a little longer and see if the economy stays strong because when the economy weakens, things that are completely discretionary, like going to Disney, the prices soften, particularly for all the features that go with it other than the tickets to the parks themselves. But again, if the Costco travel package is fully refundable for the next several months, and you don't have to lock in until later, go ahead and lock it in. And then later, if prices have dropped, no problem. You just rebook or book somewhere else. There's no harm. But to lock in these many months ahead into something that's inflexible, if it is, I wouldn't do that. Sal in Michigan says our recent Tahiti excursion on a boat with eight people plus crew turned into a nightmare due to dreadful weather. We desperately tried to cancel that morning, but our efforts to contact the company were in vain, and the excursion personnel at the port said that the tour would still proceed. The excursion was not done through the cruise line, but through an outside company. 
As we journeyed back, we were subjected to exceptionally rough seas, causing a great concern for our safety. The situation was so distressing that not a single passenger chose to tip the crew. In our pursuit of a refund, we contacted the credit card company, but both the bank and the vendor rejected our claim, asserting that we willingly participated. I tried the disputes department and the travel protection department and was denied on both since we ended up going on the excursion. Had we known how rough the seas were, we absolutely would not have gone. This experience raises crucial questions about consumer protection and the effectiveness of credit card dispute procedures. I would greatly appreciate any insights or guidance you could provide. Do I have any repercussions? Sal, I'm nothing but bad news for you here. There's an old rule in travel they call you ate the evidence, which is the most cold, callous thing. But if you choose to use the service, uh, an example that's common is in a restaurant. This is where Eat the Evidence came from, is that if you eat a meal and then later say, that was horrible, and complain to the manager, manager's going to look and your plate's empty. On the other hand, if you don't eat the food, then typically the manager's going to say, okay, you're not paying for that. With These third-party tour bookings that often people are booking through TripAdvisor. And I don't know if TripAdvisor is where you found your way to this tour in Tahiti, but it's often where we hear they came from. You end up with all these different tours under things to do. And they're taking a cut, and then whoever they've referred you to is taking a cut. You are a prisoner basically to the booking unless it explicitly has the right for you to cancel for a refund. This is way too late for you. Oh, on the credit card thing. The credit card company is not going to help you usually outside the United States. And especially because your dispute is about the quality of the service, not that they didn't deliver the service. So it's almost impossible, very unlikely, very, very unlikely, that a credit card dispute would work in this case. The only good thing in your story is you're still with us. Now, the way I tend to handle it when I travel to resort area, fun in the sun place like Tahiti, I book day of and usually at the port or wherever it is that these excursions leave. I always face the risk that they're sold out. But more often what happens is I get no-show spaces at a fraction of the cost of what it is booking through a third party. On a day where the weather's really lousy, I'm not going to try to go on the trip. But I'm really sorry all this happened to you. Carl in Virginia says, my questions about my homeowner's insurance request to have me use the Flyreel app to take pictures and videos of my home. I called them to confirm that this is legitimate, and it is, but it's also not required. They said I might get some additional discounts for doing this, but there's no guarantee that I will. I've never heard of this before. Is it something being done in the homeowner's insurance industry now? And what are the risks of downloading this app and sending them pictures and videos of my home? Okay, so we're having so many questions about stuff involving the videos and pictures of homes, either mandatory from homeowners, insurers, or in your case, an optional thing that supposedly will only have the effect of lowering your rates. The homeowner's insurance industry is suffering from an extreme increase 
and the number of claims and the cost of those claims. And so the industry is playing much tougher with homeowners or even somebody who, let's say, is renewing an existing policy. We've had several people who've contacted us because they've been told their insurance will only be renewed if they do these things. And what the insurers are doing in those cases, they're not asking you. They're using drones to fly over your home, do imaging, finding what they feel are conditions at your home that could lead to a claim, maybe the condition of your roof, or who knows what Trampoline, dog breed they don't like. Sure. Yeah, a variety of things. And so the insurers are doing everything they can to reduce the number of claims and, again, the cost of them and putting the burden on you. This is a reverse way to do it. They're saying, hey, show us what your home looks like if you want to, and we might save you some money. That will be your choice. But the other, where the insurer, without telling you till after they've decided, oh, we don't like you, we don't like this, we don't like that, we don't like the other, fix it or else, you've been approached with a much more gentle way of doing it. If your home's in really great shape, you take care of it really well, you maintain it really well, this could be an advantage to you, and in that case would be worth doing. If your home has been loved a lot (laughs) and has some things that look a little not so great, I would not take them up on this voluntary offer since you don't have to do it anyway. Speaking of homes... We're going to talk about a couple of things people are doing in a brutal home market for new home buyers to try to make the home work for them in today's rough conditions trying to buy one. I'm going to tell you the pluses and minuses of what people are up to. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. If you're trying to buy a home right now and it's a first home, I don't remember conditions nationally ever being as difficult with what happened over about a six-year period where home prices in much of the country accelerated at such a rapid rate. And then those home prices kind of stalled out 
but then mortgage rates that had been in the ones, twos, and threes are now heavily in the sixes and sevens. So you think of the one-two punch. If I'm trying to establish ownership of a house and I'm a first-time home buyer, wow, wow. Not only do I face a much higher price of a home, but I also am paying much more for the money to buy that home because the carry cost and interest is so much, much, much higher than it was. So housing affordability has never been so rough. So people are doing a variety of things to try to stretch the dollar to make it work if you don't want to wait. And I think waiting is a viable alternative. But a lot of times buying a home is not just about money. It's about a sense of permanence, establishing yourself in an area and a community that you may not feel in a rental apartment, rental home, a rental townhouse, something like that. I mean, just from dollars and cents, this is slam dunk, a time to rent and not buy. But even with that, there are people who still want to buy. And because people in homes aren't selling in normal numbers, because they don't want to give up a one, two or 3% mortgage, it means that a lot of people are buying new construction, which has a higher cost per square foot typically than buying a used home. I mean, it is it is rough, rough, rough. And all I'm doing is stating the frustrations. So people are looking for ways to make it work. And one of them is what kind of money you get. There's a sliver of the market where people are able, and I addressed this I, probably seven, eight months ago, there are people out there with mortgages that you can assume, usually government-issued loans, not, not conventional, which are also government, Fannie and Freddie, but things that might be a veteran's loan or might be an FHA loan, where you may be able to assume it without the rate going up. You'll have to qualify, but you may be able to assume it. And that has been a great way for people to turn the clock back to lower rates. It doesn't deal with the higher prices, but it deals with the lower rates. Then another thing is doing the adjustable rate mortgages, getting a lot of solicitations I'm seeing from the two credit unions I'm a member of, pitching various forms of adjustable rates with the rate set for typically five years and then a reset after that. So that will definitely save you money right now, 1.3 to 1.5%, which will mean a significant difference in the payment. But it also means you're in a 60-month time bomb. I expect rates to go down. Uh, they're not going back to 1%, 2 or 3%. But I expect rates to go down and that you will be rewarded for taking that leap of faith. Odds are very strong that you could do the five-year arm, fixed rate for five years, and be able to refinance those five years into a permanent rate that would be meaningfully lower possible. If you have family members, parents, something like that, that have the means, the IRS permits them to lend you the money for your mortgage and be your mortgage company. You file like you would with any other mortgage, and the IRS sets out what interest rate you have to be charged 
And if you have family who's a mind to do that, the interest rate that they have to charge you is substantially lower that the IRS requires. It's reset, I think, every 90 days than what you would have to pay going a traditional route for a mortgage. So all that's about the money. But there's something else that, uh, truthfully, I've been obsessed with for like 10 years. I love the whole idea of people being able to afford a house by when they buy the house, also having with it rental income from that house. And now in places that permit it, more and more new construction builders are building where you can have like a basement apartment in areas where you build basements or an apartment over a garage or more expensive, an accessory dwelling unit where it's a little separate, let's call it a cottage that you can rent out. And it's allowing people in places where zoning permits, and then there's a lot of people doing it illegally, let's call it what it is. A lot of people are going against local zoning, doing illegal rental, but it gives you the income that allows you to afford that home. And in a home, taking space like a basement that has a separate entrance, or if there's a place that you could have an office or a little apartment over a garage, the square footage is already there. And it's so cheap to do it. And it can have a big impact on the ability for you to afford the house. And I know there are people who hate this stuff. I think we need to love it because we have a housing affordability and availability problem in the United States. And the reason I have been so on this for so long is I think that this is a very affordable solution that really helps everybody to have something where you live in a house and you're also essentially a landlord at your own house, but with separation and privacy for the tenant and for you. Krista? Mark in Montana says, I'm looking at investing in a 529 for my kids. I'm a little late to the game with my oldest already in college, senior and freshman in high school. So I'm not expecting tons of compound interest. However, I love the idea of money growing tax-free. I noticed that you have Montana listed as needs improvement in your 529 guide. What alternatives do I have, or is there a better option in our state for setting aside for secondary education? Yeah, so the Montana plan isn't up to speed by my standards, but there's no need for you to do the Montana plan. Montana, as I recall, doesn't even have a state income tax. So there's, I don't think there would be any meaningful state benefit to doing Montana's plan anyway. I would go into one of my uh, top-rated plans, whether it's the Utah plan or, or something like that, that's ultra-low cost, and do the 529 absolutely for your high school freshman. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yep. The senior may be some benefit if you were to put money in there for your high school senior that they would use as a junior or senior in college, you know, several years down the road, then you'd get some appreciation there. For the student already in college, I think it's too late for them, but I think it would be applicable, especially for the ninth grader and also to an extent for the 12th grader. But just don't do the Montana plan. 
Solomon in Oregon says, I have a 2018 Mitsubishi Outlander Sport with well over 100,000 miles on it. Wow. I'm pretty underwater on the loan due to the 2021 and 2022 car values skyrocketing. What are some ways I can ease the pain of the loan and pay it down sooner? I'm tired of this car, but I'm following your advice of seeing it as transportation and sucking it up. Yeah, you know, you're in a situation, Solomon, that so many people are in who were in a position you had to buy a used car during the height of the shortage of used cars back in uh, particularly 21 when it was just obscene how expensive used vehicles were. And into really the first half of 22, the prices have moderated. So now you're sitting there with something that has a lot, a lot of miles on it, worth a lot less than the market value now. You're upside down in it. And you're like boxed in. So right now, the goal is once you get out your loan document for the loan, and I need for you to look at the page to see how interest is calculated. If the interest is calculated as simple interest, every additional dollar you can throw at that loan every month will have an exact dollar for dollar plus benefit because you won't owe that dollar anymore, and it will eliminate all the interest you would need to pay on that dollar of principal that's there. If the loan was done by a dishonest dealer, it will have a calculation that will not be simple interest and front loads the interest even if you prepay on the loan. That's a really tough circumstance to be in. I'm hoping that it's a simple interest loan. And then the way you get out of this, you keep driving it till the wheels fall off and throw every additional penny every month you can towards it to reduce the balance and the interest. Mary Ellen in Georgia says, my son just purchased a used truck from a dealership. He called before he went to verify the price, but when he went to complete the purchase, the price was $2,750 more than the agreed-upon price. $2,000 was dealer prep charges and seven hundred. Wait, 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 wait. Dealer prep charges of $2,000? Yes, sir. And That's the highest we've ever heard, you know. Seven fifty dollars was because he was not financing through the dealership, which they considered was a cash sale. After he was ready to void the sale, they removed the charges. The dealer prep charges have been an ongoing nuisance for years, but to be charged an additional fee for arranging your own financing? So this is so terrible. But obviously, Mary Ellen, your son did the exact right thing. He was willing to walk. When they started playing games known as the grind with him, when he already had made a deal, and then tried to charge him an extra $2,750 just to see if he'd roll over and let them cheat him out of those $2,750? What did he do? He was like, no, I'm not doing it. The power you have is your two feet. And he used it. And what did they do? They removed all of those charges. Your son has learned a really important lesson about the power that he has before a transaction is completed. After the fact, there would have been nothing he could have done about it. I am so proud of him 
that he stood up to a dealership bully and didn't allow them to cheat him out of $2,750 that he probably did not have. So he won because in the game of chicken, who blinked first? So good for him. As for the whole idea of dealer prep charges, they are just a pack. A pack is a made-up charge that means nothing, just a way to cheat a customer. There are a small number of dealers in the United States that do not charge dealer prep fees, who don't want to treat people that way. Unfortunately, they are few and far between. So what I always do if I'm shopping for a vehicle or car, I shop online. I require in the communications back and forth with the internet department at a dealership that they state all costs, including any additional fees required to purchase. So I have it in writing what those costs are going to be when I go to take delivery. It's not enough to negotiate the price. You need to know everything. What other charges, what other fees are there? What is the total itemized cost of buying a vehicle? And if they charge some kind of nuisance $499 dealer fee, prep fee, well, if I've shopped around and including that it's the best price overall, then I still buy it even though they have that junk fee there because it was the best total price, including everything for that vehicle. But the important thing is to know all of that. And I want to tell you how much I appreciate you being with us today. Remember, Team Clark is here to help you Monday through Friday, six hours each weekday in the Consumer Action Center, answering your questions for free, one-on-one. If there's something you need advice on, information, guidance, all you do is go to clark.com slash CAC to learn how it works and how to get that advice. And now it's time for the Clarky of the day. Hey, Clark. This is Deacon Bob Packwood of the Church of Rock. I just wanted to send over my sincere thanks and appreciation from everyone in the church that you continue to share the good word of the Roth. Spread the great word of the Roth to all of your great listeners. As always, we could just get warm and fuzzy inside knowing that people are putting money into a tax-advantaged retirement account. We would like to express some disappointment that you haven't yet worn the royal garbs of Roth that we sent your way, but we, as always, respect your dedication to the cheap black polos. <laughs> Please keep us in mind, should you ever acquire another household pet, we were thinking of the name Rothera. Rothera. And we'd like to thank you again for all that you do. In the name of Vanguard, Fidelity, and Schwab, go forth, spread the word of Roth, and retire happy. Thank you, Clark. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. That was great. Thank you. I am the man from Roth, no thank doubt, you, though. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Deacon. <laughs> Have a great day.